Welcome, everybody, to On My Ex, a gaming podcast. My name is Joseph, and this is my inaugural podcast. I've never done this before, so if it sounds a little, um, I guess, amateur, it's probably because it is, but that's okay. We're going to work through it and try to make it better all the time. Um, This podcast is going to be about games, all kinds of games, uh, everything, reviews. I'm not going to necessarily review stuff. I could, but plan is just to talk about games, my opinion on games, uh, game culture, the industry as a whole, and, and my thoughts and everything. So I hope that you guys enjoy it and like what I have to say about some stuff. I'm going to start out with, um, I guess, about me. So I am 33 years old. I've been playing games pretty much my entire life. Started playing on the Sega Master System, actually, uh, was my dad got the console. I believe somebody gave it to him. I can't remember, but I remember playing Blaster Master and uh, a game where you were in a helicopter and you were, I can't remember what it was called, but you were attacking and also playing Altered Beast. And I remember thinking at the time that, man, these games look so good. It was kind of crazy. And then later on, I can't remember exactly what year, if I got the SNES for my, for Christmas, my sister and I did, and it was very uh, eye-opening because it got the system that came packed in with Super Mario World, and it was unbelievable. I played Super Mario Brothers 3 and Super Mario Brothers in the past on my cousin's NES, but I never owned one until later. And I remember thinking, wow, this is like those games, but it it plays so much better and it looks so much better and it's so much brighter and more colorful and it was great. And I remember playing that so much and my sister and I played and played and played and from there it just grew and grew. My love for video games, Um, I had one of my parents' friends gave me his original Game Boy and it had Tetris and I remember playing that and thinking, man... It's crazy that I can play games on the go with me. Again, at the time, it was kind of kind of mind-boggling. And then that's what helped perpetuate my love for video games uh, was when I brought my Game Boy to school in approximately third grade and met my best friend who also had one. And we'd system link and play games and Tetris and whatnot. And it, was, uh, it just went on from there. And it just, it's been a lifelong hobby of mine. I still play games to this day and uh, not as much as I am, it would probably like to due to being married and having a child, but this uh, current world issues has made it a little bit easier to, I guess, play some games. But um, that's mostly about me. Uh, I like Halo shooters in general. Uh, I haven't, you know, looking forward to the new Halo. Uh, mostly play Apex right now and warzone called a warzone that's fun mostly kind of into the br thing but more single player or i'm sorry multiplayer in general and you know i i have uh xbox one x switch i don't have a ps4 i did have a ps2 and a ps3 but i just never got the ps4 i know there's plenty of games on there that people that obviously are good god of war and all the other ones, but I just never, uh, there just seemed to me too many single player, third person action adventure games where they're fun, but you play it once and then that's just kind of it. 
I mean, you go back and play it again, maybe, but it's just kind of one and done. And I just love the multiplayer aspect of games. Though I am an old now, and it's a little bit harder to keep up, I still enjoy playing them. So, so that's a little bit about me. And anything else we learn, we'll we'll just kind of learn with each other as uh, I continue to make hopefully make more and more of these podcasts. So as I stated earlier, I wanted to make this podcast just like most people to get my uh, I guess my opinion out there because I listen to I listen to gaming podcasts now um, from certain certain websites and I found with them that they're just so. And I get how they work. They're just kind of scripted and they don't seem to, they're just very vanilla as far as their opinions that they share with anything. So I feel like I would like to not be so vanilla. And I understand that they, I suppose, have to be for their access, but that also leads to one of the many bigger issues with podcasting in general. So I listen to a bunch of IGN's podcasts, Podcasts Unlocked. Nintendo voice chat and they're good. I like them, but there's just certain things that they don't seem to want to talk about. Uh, one of the biggest issues I found was w- recently with the release of the last of us two and all the many issues that game has had, there was a bunch of uh, DMCA takedowns that naughty dog and Sony and Muso entertainment or Muso, whatever they're called had done to many Many people on YouTube and such, and you know whatever you want to think about that issue, good or bad, that's fine. But my my thinking was when I was listening when this was going on, Game Scoop and because they talk about a, a wide variety of games, they never even mentioned it. They never brought up that it was kind of a, an issue when the game came out. Like, hey, Naughty Dog is doing this these weird takedowns, and it just was like it never existed with them, and. They, all they did was talk about, you know, the game itself and why they liked it. But they do, like, specifically, they talk about negatives with the game. I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this, but it's still a good game. And it just seemed to me, well, you sure laid out a lot of negatives, but why would you still like it? And it just seemed kind of strange to me how you could... In the leaks, they didn't even talk about leaks either. Now, like, the whole game essentially ending leaked months ago, and it wasn't for sure confirmed until after it came out but they they did all they really did was just barely touch on the fact that the game leaked and that was it i'm not saying they should have sat there and just said spoilers for it that's fine but i if you're a podcast talking about that it's a pretty big issue i feel as though you should at least touch on the leaks touch on uh, the story elements that people that may not have liked about it. it again it could have been in a broad sense didn't have to be pinpoint exactly what happened but at least address that issue because it was a a huge gaming story i mean especially now during all the stuff that's going on in the world there aren't a lot of gaming stories with no e3 and everything and that to me seemed like something that should have been addressed with the when you have a voice as big as you do with ign even on their website it was never never mentioned you know they, they never gave any other point of view just the one that the game is great and it's a masterpiece and that's fine to have your opinion that's whatever but you know, to be fair, I feel like you need to address all sides of the issue with anything, especially with big issues like that game apparently it had. And for that reason, that was one of the big impetus for me to make this, because as I'm listening to that podcast, I was talking to myself, man, you guys aren't mentioning these 
people on YouTube and Twitter and all these other things that had their their channels taken down or copyright struck because they had shown a meme of something from The Last of Us, you know, and it's fine to, 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 to use a copyright system. It's there to protect an IP that companies have, but to abuse it seemingly like Naughty Dog and Musso and Sony Entertainment did uh, just seems somewhat um, like a big issue that I think should have been addressed. But again, I will attempt to look at the issues that I see in gaming and be able to talk about it from all points of view if I can. So moving on from the podcasting in general, uh, I'd like to talk about the industry and gaming websites as a whole and the issues that I see in them. So one of them, again, it seems to me that there's a, a big parallel between gaming, big gaming websites and like regular news websites. So big gaming websites uh, such as IGN, GameStop, they have access to certain, obviously, games and whatnot that they get, and they get them early. And it seems to me that you can call these certain gaming websites kind of like access media, just like regular access media in the news political world. And because of that, in my opinion, these websites are too... You know, they all the reviews and, and the things that they talk about, issues, they never, it's just very surface level. They never seem to deep dive with most issues that I foresee and most other people foresee in any, any video gaming thing. So it seems like they are so worried about saying the wrong thing or giving a game maybe a more honest review because they don't want to lose their access to from rather that that uh, company uh actually just the other day i was watching this youtube video unrelated to video gaming but it was about trucks and this website the host had said that they were referring to some leaks of the new bronco that was coming out and the ford saw that they had been talking about it and i guess in a negative light and how they didn't like what it looked like or whatever, whatever. And then Ford essentially revoked their access to their newer vehicles and, and when they show them off and didn't allow them to go out there and, and record and such. So uh, I know that that's with cars and video games that are different, but it seems to me like that, that has to be the way it works with video games. It's got to be similar because if any website, whatever it is, decides to always trash the Last of Us or some big game that's coming out. If they were sitting there and and saying they didn't like it because this is this, this, not saying that the, the company's gonna. There's no. The other big issue, okay, I think is you hear that reviews and whatnot are paid for. I don't, I don't believe they're they're paid for with like, hey, here's money, give us a good review. But I think that they are paid for with access in some form or fashion. So if a company continually just bashed whatever website rather bash, bash some company for what they don't like, then the company can sit there and just remove some access. And that is essentially a form of payment because if you don't have access as a website, you can't get your early review or preview out and then you're not getting clicks. That's how you make income, of course. So in my opinion, it is a, a form of uh, holding back their access. And a perfect example was again with The Last of Us 2, reviewers said plainly in their review that they were unable to even refer to the last essentially half of the game in the review. And it seems to me kind of strange that 
you have this game that's 20 hours long and you can't even talk about the last half in your whole review. So essentially, you're giving a wrong impression of what the game is. You're reviewing, you're giving people the idea of your reviews of half the game. And I understand not giving away story elements, but if there's certain parts of a game that they don't even want you to talk about, reference, or show in a review, how can that be an honest review? I mean, I just don't see how you can review essentially half a game and put that out there and say, oh yeah, this is this is the game. It was great. So again, my opinion, but I, I, that's just what I feel like that these websites are all the same. They all have to go through that. And I understand there's certain hoops you have to jump through, but uh, it just seems like there's there aren't many websites out there for gaming that are able to, you know, talk more freely about things. And and that's where I think certain certain sites on YouTube are better with that because they're able to have a more honest opinion about games than some of these big websites are. So again, I will aim to try and look at everything from other perspectives if I to the best of my ability and not just hit things from a mainstream point of view if at all possible so now moving on to some news uh, I was just reading today about the new Xbox one s rumor or series s I'm sorry and allegedly it's going to it was supposed to be announced in June but all the current events in the world have pushed that back. So it, allegedly it's going to be revealed maybe in July 2020 or for their Xbox 2020 would be nice for their showcase they're going to have. Or the other rumor that I saw said it might not come out until, uh, might be, not be revealed until August, which seems kind of late to me to reveal something so late in you know, a new console too. You already know the Series X is, but the Series S is just a, still a, a rumor. And I feel like you would want to reveal that a little bit sooner than that, but we'll see. Uh, in my opinion, it'd be, it'd be ideal for Microsoft due to the fact that they are so so far behind this gen. Uh, if they were able to make the Series X, if that could be 450 would be fantastic, but you know, probably be 500. And if the Series S was, I don't know, 250, 300, that that'd be good because allegedly it's going to have the same. It's it'll be able to have ray tracing, which will probably be hardware based. Uh, but it'll be able to run next gen games, and it has a CPU that's faster than the Xbox than the PS5. I'm sorry, so allegedly the the system won't hold back gaming but if you can if the ps5 because that price obviously hasn't been released yet either if that system is five but the xbox series x is also 500 but it's more powerful but you also have the series s which is essentially just slightly less powerful you won't be able to run stuff in 4k just more 1080p then and it's much cheaper for third-party gaming you might as well get that one i mean for the average consumer, obviously, hardcore people would get would want the Series X, and and uh, if you want more first party things right now, anyway, you want the PS Five. But I think it'd be it's a totally different approach. Sony's doing just a discless PS Five, and I again they they it's going to be the same as the PS Five with a disc. And who knows with with Sony, they should 
if that discless version isn't $100 cheaper, it seems to me to be a waste. If it's only 50 bucks cheaper, it, that's not enough, enough of a difference for people to want to get that one, I wouldn't think. But we will see. Sony has that big, the big head start already, so they're a little bit more positioned to be able to kind of uh, play with the lead, essentially, because they that did so well this generation, and Microsoft has to do everything to try to win people back. And if they could make the Series X, even if it was 450 and, and still be more powerful than the PS5, then, man, all, all the third-party games that would be on both, if it runs better, it just... Price-wise, that's that's going to be a big big win for Microsoft, I would think. The other rumor that had come out this week was uh, a Fable and a Perfect Dark Twitter handles had been registered, and people kind of got excited. But uh, Microsoft said that people shouldn't get excited. It's essentially just them remaking, because um, the account would expire essentially. So just remaking it so they could retain the rights to it. But it brought up many. You know, got people excited for a little bit, especially with Microsoft having their first party gaming showcase allegedly in July. Uh, I still think that they will show off one of those games. I don't know about Perfect Dark because Rare was working on another game already. And uh, so I, I don't know if they'd be able to essentially work on two, two games at the same time. But we'll see. Uh, Fable for me, I was never that into Fable. So it it doesn't really do much for me, but I know a lot of people were into Fable. So, and anything Microsoft could do to essentially expand their single player first party rather portfolio would be nothing but a good thing, especially seeing what Sony's been able to do. So, we'll see with that. I would imagine that with the first party gaming showcase, that there's going to be a lot of surprises in there, uh, and hopefully. Microsoft shows off some new things that are actually cool because their last showcase they had wasn't that uh, wasn't that exciting. They took plenty of heat for it, rightfully so, and I think that they had learned hopefully from their mistake. And this next one will actually show gameplay, and uh, definitely Halo Infinite. If they can show Halo Infinite off, and it looks phenomenal, and and it should will be a launch title, then that that should win a lot of people over. Even though Halo isn't as popular as it used to be, but Having when they released that teaser, what was it last week? There's a little audio teaser that was retweeted and shared like crazy online, and so it seems that there is a a hunger for Halo because it's been five years, and hopefully the Halo Infinite kind of goes back to its roots and can can uh, be a better single player experience than the last game was. So, also. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, they had their Nightwire event earlier this week, or yeah, I think it was Monday. Anyway, uh, so that looked pretty good. It it looks, uh, I don't know, it, to me, the, the C Project Red's really good at making a world and visually it looks pretty stunning. But the gameplay-wise, at least in that demo, it was just a lot of like driving around, a lot of audio, just talking, and... Uh, like it just didn't seem all that exciting to me you know again it's an it's an action rpg so it's got potential but the 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 gameplay lights itself to me from what i've seen doesn't look all all that exciting yet but i mean we'll have to see it did get a delay which kind of sucks because you know i i want to try it but 
Um, we'll see. I'd have to see some more gameplay of it personally to to get more into it. But I mean, like with The Witcher, I know everybody loved that game, but to me, it just did not like The Witcher. It didn't really didn't really do it for me. I tried to play it a handful of times, but it just it never never really caught me. The world itself was beautiful. Um, the lore and whatnot in it was pretty cool, but I couldn't couldn't quite get into it. Um, and I know it's a completely different genre with cyberpunk, but we'll see. Uh, CD Projekt Red does make pretty good games, I think, uh, with quality. So it's it's got some real potential. And additionally, uh, I think it's pretty cool that you're able to buy the game on your current Xbox and be able to just play it on the next one. So I think that's a, that's a good thing because I know there's a lot of people that probably would not buy it and wait for it to be come out on the series X. Um, but now you don't really have to worry about that. You just kind of buy it and play it on a crappier console and then be able to play it on a newer one if you plan on getting it. So all good things from uh, CD product red there. All right, moving on from there. Uh, that's mostly all the news that this has happened this week. There hasn't been too much because of all the issues in the world and whatnot. So, uh, from here on, what I'd like to do in future episodes is, as I hopefully make more and get more popular and grow my my following here, I'd like to be able to take some questions from people um, and maybe answer them about anything in game related about me and uh, anything like that. So, hopefully that's where we'll get to someday, but uh, currently, seeing as this is my first episode... Uh, hopefully, I just have enticed some of you to continue to listen to me. A little bit of a slow gaming week, getting used to this whole thing, but we'll get there. Um, I'd appreciate it if everybody followed me on Twitter. It's on my X seventeen, and you should find me on there. Give me a follow. I'll be trying to keep that updated and essentially just post stories from there, and, and maybe get some feedback from everybody on there. Um, until next time, I'll talk to you guys later. Mm-hmm.